Welcome everyone to episode 22 of the Paper Cuts podcast. I'm Dean DeFalco. There's Evan Goldstein, and way in the corner is Dan. Dan, is that you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good morning. All right. I'm. I'm glad we it's found dark you. over here. <laughs> all right. I'm scared. <laughs> it's all right. We found you. It's okay. You're you're back. You're back with the podcast. Everything's you, all right. We pulled you back. Did you in. bring a sandwich? I'm hungry. A sandwich. No, you get your own damn God sandwiches. Damn Sorry. Anyway, we're going to talk about comics today and some other stuff, because other stuff is, is good, besides talking about comics all the time. But you guys won't know about that till later on the podcast. So, with any further ado, um, Evan, since you're sick, why don't we get you out of the way first so you don't die on the table? <laughs> I appreciate your concern, I guess. Um, this week I read uh, a book uh, out by Image called Postal. Um, two writers, Brian Hill, Brian with a Y, which makes him fancy, and Matt Hawkins, uh, and art by Isaac Goodhart. Now, it opens up, like, really quick. Like, there's a, a, a like, a, almost a splash scene of this guy, which seems to be in a church, almost, uh, just about to be killed. And then it goes back to, like, you know, how did this guy get there? The, the book in itself seems to be about uh, main character Mark, who's a, a postman for this small little town of approximately 2,500 people, and he has Asperger's. So everything needs to be in its place, and there needs to be a system for everything, and his hamburger can't touch his french fries. And so it seems that there are people in the town that are, that are working with that because he's, you know, lovable Mark. And then there are those that just don't give a shit. Um, the way that the, the story opens up is Mark is responsible for all the, the, the mail going out and he was told by someone that if a piece of damaged mail comes through, he is to open it and transcribe it and then deliver it, which I don't know if that's completely legal in the postal service. I don't think it is. But whatever. He ends up, there was a piece of mail, he ends up opening it and in that mail it says, uh, we can't send you any more of your... And a histamine, uh, you got to figure out what you need to do. So he transcribes all this information and he then delivers it to this unattractive gentleman who is upset at the fact that his mail was opened. But Marky, being good-hearted after reading, said, oh, well, he probably has allergies, so I'm going to get him the medication. We, we're introduced to a couple of different characters, the, uh, the waitress at the local dive diner that knows Marky's and idiosyncrasies and she makes sure that his food is properly separated and he it, like he does a lot of thinking you know she gave him the advice that before you speak say what you're in your mind say what you're going to say three times and if it if it doesn't work stop there before you spit it out because he doesn't have you know he's not very socially inept like he is socially inept like he just doesn't understand he thinks that he's saying the right thing and he it's just maybe the way he says it or the timing which turns people off we also find out that um mark's mother is the mayor of this small little town and she is kind of a badass like she runs the town with like an iron fist because it seems like the whole town is made up of almost like criminals like this is they, they come to this town and it's their last chance uh, she's talking in one scene to a member of like 
you know, the, the Hitler group. You know, he's got the, the 88 on the back of his neck, and she's like, listen, you, you keep yourself in line or, or we'll take care of you. So we're, we're, we're following the, the, the life of the, the town through Mark, and when he goes to go help this dude with the medication, he notices... Uh, like the type of mud that was on his tires is different than the mud in his house. And he goes out and talks to this big Indian chief and he says, well, this is where the, that mud is. And he goes out and it turns out that guy doesn't have allergies. He's making methamphetamines illegally. There's not a big processing <laughs> plant in the town. So as opposed to all those, <laughs> those legal government sanctioned meth labs. Correct. So he's pulling uh, a Heisenberg. Yes. Well, yes, with a lot less fundage, and he doesn't have what AMC is that where that comes from? Say yeah, my name. Big fan of the show. Um, Big fan of the show, Heisenberg. Um, so, like, it it's it's a it's a limited it's a, just a real introduction to the town, but the we finally catch up to where the gentleman who was making the meth is captured and brought to this church and is killed because he is besmirching the name of the town. Mind you, the name of the town is Eden, which I thought was kind of kitschy. Really, like, that's just a far stretch. Um, but as it's, it's all coming to a head where we're seeing where, like, these, like everybody but Marky's kind of a, a, a jackass in this town, um, there's a body delivered. Like, all of a sudden, a car pulls up, a, a female body flops out, and she's wrapped in some sort of bag, and she's not, she's not a member of the town. So that leads into what I'm going to assume is the rest of this arc. Now, it was... This, this, the, the writing was okay. Um, they concentrated a lot on Marky, and I think they did a really good job on presenting his character. Everybody else around him was kind of fluff, which I would have liked to have seen a little more background on the other characters to make me more engaged. Um, if like it seems like if you don't like Marky, you're not going to read this book. Um, even though there are, it's we get, we were introduced real briefly to at least eight other characters in this town, but I didn't get enough of them to make me want to find out what's happening. Um, and by the end of the book, it felt like that they're going to make this like a a detective crime book and mark is gonna be the detective which i don't know how that's gonna pan out or how it's gonna play out or if i'm gonna even enjoy that all right law and order asperger's <laughs> unit like really i i it seems like when i when i when i think of a detective story i i think of of course the batman where everything is fluid like he rolls with the punches you know this didn't work out i'll go this way with someone with Asperger's, that doesn't happen. If this doesn't work out, the world has ended. I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, art was okay. It is it is what it is for image. Um, but I don't think I'm going to... I, I'm not engaged enough to, to pick up the next issue. It's if you're... I guess if you have an interest in, you know, Asperger's... <laughs> this might be up your your alley, but it there wasn't enough in this issue for me to say yes. I need to know what happens. I'm curious as to that bagged body at the it it just it didn't do it for me. 
So I think this is like the first seriously non-positive review that I've done on this show, and I feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> Evan, they can't all be winners. It's all right. Yeah, I know. I know. But um, with that, it leads me to my second topic, and I didn't, and I don't want to talk about another book. I just want to talk about image in general. I grew up in the Marvel and DC universe, which is a completely, well, for lack of a better phrase, a completely unified universe in itself. Uh, Iron Man knows Spider-Man. Uh, Batman knows Superman. Like, it's, it's a world. Is that at all prevalent in the image world now dude spawn totally knows tony chu <laughs> they hang out together they eat people it's See, all but, good like but that's the thing like back in the day when spawn came out if my memory serves me spawn did know young blood young blood knew wildcats yeah smaller Wa universe and i think they were trying to kind of copy what marvel and dc had and after a while uh, you know, they had all these artists that, uh, not artists, uh, writers and artists trying to do all their own stuff, and they said, okay, go for it. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense in the universe, but, I mean, it definitely makes for um, more interesting stories when you don't have to keep continuity yeah, I, I with think, other characters. I think, like, really, when you go back and look at it, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and I haven't read these books in, in quite a long time, but Al, who is Spawn, is it Al Simmons? Is that Spawn? Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. I don't, Was, even, know, I don't like, even know if it's Al Simmons anymore. It, Not issue recently, I don't believe so. Of Spawn came out this week, and that should tell you how much we cared because none of us read it or even know if Al Simmons is the main character anymore. But, you know, bravo to, to Todd McFarlane for getting that book up to 250 issues, I suppose. But when, when that first came out, like <laughs> Al Simmons knew, uh, I believe the guy's name was Chapel in Youngblood. Like, they were yes. on the same military team, and there were some crossovers there. And I think, I think the Wetworks uh, team knew the Cyberforce team, and I think Savage Dragon kind of popped in and out every now and again, and, like, Shadowhawk. But, but yeah, like, when, when Image first started, it was a much more cohesive, like, we're just going to take what Marvel and DC do, and we're going to do it, you know, our own spin on it. And when that proved to be not nearly as successful as they were all hoping, uh, they just basically went, all right, just, just do what you want. Now, some of the image stuff does cross over today. Like that, that postal book is put out by Top Cow, right? Okay. Uh, the yes. Top yes. Cow universe is coherent. There is Witchblade and the Darkness and Magdalena and Aphrodite Nine, and there's there's like a big over or interconnecting universe within the Top Cow stuff. Now the Top Cow stuff doesn't play into any of these other separate universes because it, since it's all creator owned and creator driven, they don't. There's no mandate for everything to play well together. So I I think like I think some of Hickman's stuff could kind of fall into the same generalized space, but it, it is not coherent anymore, really. Okay. Now, when it comes to... When someone... Like, I have a story, and I write out a story, and I have a buddy who does art, and he does the art for me, and I want to put mm -hmm. the image imprint on it. Can anybody do that? 
can it, I, I look at the list if you just look at the list of the books that came out this week and then you look from you know the title that's you know, starts with a to the title that starts with z all the art styles are different ranging from oh my god <laughs> how did this get printed to wow this is stunning work and it was like as i'm working through that i'm looking at it and there is no like when you pick up a dc book or when you pick up a marvel book you sort of know what you're going to get look wise yes there is you know fine tuning here and there that that separates artists but like i can't i i, I don't remember the name of the title of the book that i opened and looked at but it was like as if a four-year-old was drawing bubbly stick figures well i i mean you know I, so people like uh what do you call it um the marvel 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 and dc have like a stable of writers and artists and so that's how it stays cohesive however something like image i'm not saying anyone can come off the street and write whatever they want but you know it, it, people can you know uh, other artists and other writers that aren't you know part of this stable like dc and marvel and even some of those uh, writers and artists do become a part of that but they can just pretty much say hey i want to write this and if image thinks eh, it could work they'll <laughs> they'll do it you know there's not really any sort of rules or anything like that so yeah most people will just take a shot at it if it works they'll let it run if yeah, it doesn't they'll image stop is it. really right. from what i understand anyway image is really all about the pitch like how can you sell your story to the publisher because they are really just that they have no editorial influence over your story i mean they may offer suggestions here and there as you know this might work a little better or maybe go in this direction or whatever um if if you're interested in us publishing it like perhaps the the most well-known story of that is that when robert kirkman pitched the walking dead to image they weren't interested until he told them, but the big twist at the end of it is that it's aliens. And that's how the book's going to end. Aliens are going to be <laughs> responsible for this and they're going to come down, which was a, a complete fucking lie. Like it had nothing to do with it, but he had to do something to separate his idea from the other three gajillion zombie books that were out there. So that was enough to get him noticed. And they went, okay, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll publish that and we'll put, you know, our, our dollars behind the marketing for it um but that's really about it like if you have a story and image likes your story you get to put out your story interesting because i'm looking like i we've spoken before on this podcast about mm -hmm. like stray bullets seems to be a very popular image title it's not a book that i have ever read and i opened it up and as we know here in this group that i'm an art guy i look at the art first and right. then work my way into the story because if I don't like the art, it's going to take me out of the story. I looked at this art and it was so, it mm -hmm. was simplified to a fault for me. Like that immediately said, oh, I'm not going to be interested in this book because when it comes to comics and movies, I'm not, I don't want to use my mind's eye. I don't want to use my, my imagination. If I'm reading a book with no pretty pictures, yeah, that's where my brain comes into, you know, into work. But like, I don't, it's just, there's such a, a fluctuation between quality that I, it just doesn't work for me as, as one imprint, as one, you know, company. Because I, like, you can't look at, if you took off image off the top corner of the book and you put two books side by side, you wouldn't 
be able to say, yes, these are both image books. You could do that with Vertigo. You could do that with DC. You could do that with Marvel and <laughs> Archie. And, you know, like, like I like, I like that you, you went do that. Marvel, I, DC, Vertigo, Archie. <laughs> well, I, just so that you can get, like, the different art styles. Yes, art pretty much uh, art for Archie yeah. books is pretty much consistent. I know I mean, that dark, gritty, gory, very line heavy, lots comedy. of cross hatching. <laughs> <You laughs> very don't forget the very paintings heavy. and, but like it's as a as a company, I don't I don't understand their theory I think, behind it. I, 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 I think I what Marvel. it is and uh, like and I, I may, maybe I'm wrong. But um, I think what it is is that while I will, I would concede to you that point that if you took the image banner off of the book, you may not necessarily be able to look at it and say, oh, that's an image book. If I put a Jonathan Hickman book next to other books, I can pick out that it is a Jonathan Hickman book. And I think that's the point is that the creator is more important than the story. Now, you can't obviously you can't do that. For everybody, not not everyone is is as um as just identifiable as Jonathan Hickman's work. But I but I think that's what they're going for is that the focus is on the creator and the story, not necessarily the character, right? Like DC and Marvel, like it's a Spider Man book and Spider Man's gonna sell a certain number of copies, whether it's done by you know, the three of us or Dan Slott, um, it's still going to sell a certain number of copies because people are just going to buy a Spider-Man book no matter what. It, Image doesn't have that. No, that's through. true. And I, well, yeah, and I, I think that's the beauty of Image is, you know, you never really know what's going to come out. When there's a new book out, I can't really say, oh, that's going to be awesome or, oh, that's going to be fucking weird because I don't like that artist or writer. A lot of the times it's some unknowns writing this shit, and I, I don't know anything about it. Um, Before I started reading Chew, I had no idea what the fuck this book was. Chris told me to pick it up. He said it was really good, and I, I love that book. That book is amazing. And, I mean, it's just image images philosophy of let's just throw shit up and wherever it lands it lands and you know maybe we'll get some winners we'll get some losers hopefully we come out on top yeah they are they're very similar okay. to a to the 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 baseball idea of the true outcomes type player like in in baseball you have this idea that, that there have been certain players and and maybe they're not always good for the team but everybody always loves them where they either hit a home run or they strike out like that's what the guy is going to be, and and that's a lot to me of what Image is. When they have a hit, they have a massive hit, and it is a great book. When they have a miss, it is fucking sad. <laughs> it really is stunningly though. I mean, awful. Like, image books are, are. There's really not a lot of of image titles that you can look at and go, eh, it was okay. You're either like, yes, that was awesome, or no, that's that was bad. That is not for me. There's really not a lot of middle ground with them. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And with I like that. that. I I dig that about it. Okay, I it's just that you know my my experience comes from you know the, the big two and re, you know every issue that you read of you know any of the big two, there's a very strong possibility you'll see a character and you'll be like, hey, I'm interested in that, which will then take you over to another book. And I I've read a number of image titles, you know, since we've started doing this and. 
I've never once gone from one book to another because right. of what I read in a previous issue. Well, read the Darkness so. book. Read the Darkness and Witchblade. Those those will jump you from place to place. Is that still the 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 broad the police broad the with the, the gauntlet broad. Witchblade? <laughs> <laughs> you the know police broad. Yeah, you know, that was on TV. They had a, yes. a, a television Starting show. Yasmin for her. Belief. Um, big fan <laughs> of the show, Yasmin. What up, girl? It's yeah, amazing totally. how many big fans we have. <laughs> um, yes. Hey, uh, f- fun fact. I mean, we're 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 hitting up there in subscribers. So I, I don't know. She, she could be a big fan of the show. I was a big fan I, of her show. Yeah, as do show. I. Um, but yeah, but yeah, same uh, same thing. Apparently, they're going to like. I just read something the other day that they're going to kill Jackie Estacado, the Darkness, relatively soon. Um, which is sad because, like, I don't know. I I have a soft spot, a soft spot, whatever that is. I also have a soft spot in my heart for Image because I, like many other comic readers, was a lapsed comic reader after the, uh, you know, for those of us that are in our early to mid-30s, after the big bust of the 90s comic, you know, speculator market, I stopped reading comics for a long, long time. And when I got back into them, it was Image books that pulled me back in, and more specifically... It was the Witchblade, the Darkness, and Powers that brought me back into comics. So, you know, I, I, I still love those books. I don't, I don't read them very much, but, but I still want those, you know, them to be successful. I, I totally feel you, man. I mean, I have three things to thank for getting me back into comics. One's Chris Randazzo. Shout out to Chris Randazzo, actual big fan of the show. Uh, secondly is IDW, and thirdly is Image Books. Uh, yeah, if if he didn't recommend to me Turtles, Chew, and you know some other stuff around that time, I don't know if I would be reading like I am right now. So yeah, I mean, I I I hope they just keep being successful in what they're doing, and you know, as long as they at least hit one really good one every now and again, I think they'll be all right. <laughs> actual big fan of the show we're not making this up <laughs> uh, I, I I guess thanks for the education I mean it, I don't know it, it's just I guess it's the, the ingrained process in my brain that I I, I want a cohesive universe just makes me I it, don't know there's nothing wrong with that Evan it's feel okay. more protected <laughs> it's alright you, you, you want a safety blanket in, in your comic books that's cool man That's it's alright like Believe me, I, I'm not a fan of every publisher that I read, but, you know, uh, it's okay. So Thank, thank you, Dean, you're for welcome. the comfort. I you're appreciate welcome. I, I'm, I'm virtually patting you on the back right now. So, uh, Dan, what, what... Is there an emoticon for that? Sure, I'll, I'll fucking figure one out. I'm sure there is on Facebook or something. They have fucking gumball and adventure time emoticons. They'll, they should be a patting on the back the emoticon shit. somewhere. Anyway, Dan. All right, well, the first one I want to talk about this week um, is a book that, I, I mean, I suppose I probably should be reading considering, um, you know, we do do a uh, video game podcast, and I am a, a uh, big fan you're wipe of out this, the big guns. this character. Uh, but it, it, it's just, whereas, like, Evan, you know, when you say that you, you're an artwork kind of guy and you need the artwork to get in, into a comic, I like to think that I'm not that way, but at the same time... What, are you book... better than me? What, yes. What... <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> just putting it out there. Funny, funny how? Funny like a clown? Do I amuse you? <laughs> but, like, 
when I see a book like the one that I that I want to talk about, the Mega Man book, um, really that that kind of Archie Comics uh, style, because I, I do think you're right, Evan. You can when you look at an Archie Comics book that it, it looks lo- like a certain type of aesthetic. That's usually not what I go for. For and I really don't know why. It's it's not like I don't enjoy cartoons still or watch cartoons with my kids or or whatever. I just sure with your kids, mm-hmm, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, like I usually just kind of skip over those books, uh, you know, week to week. But I figured, let me check out this Mega Man book again. Let me give it a shot. I've heard enough good stuff about it, and this issue number forty five starts a new story arc the betrayal um it's written by ian flynn and there's a couple different artists on it uh gary martin was one of them um it was a four dollar book and i i really liked it like oh, and oh I, you make I, me so happy you just made me so fucking happy <laughs> I, I, I i did not see that coming i was kind of surprised yeah like and i I don't think I should be surprised because it's Mega Man and I fucking love Mega Man. It's it's one of my very, very favorite franchises of all time. And like, I wasn't sure how it would work as a comic. And, you know, I'm 44 issues behind at this point. So when Proto Man shows up and they call him Blues and then they call him Breakman, I have to be like, wait, do I know all of this? Hold on a second. Do I actually know? I'm like, all right, yes, blues, rock, roll, okay, fuck it. like, let me let me start pulling up the uh, the mental encyclopedia of all the Mega Man knowledge that I <laughs> the have. The Mega Man Wikipedia on Google? Yeah, <laughs> you, like, seriously, it's just ridiculous having to go through this stuff, and, but, you know, I'm reading through, and I was like, all right, like, I, I feel comfortable in this world, the artwork was really good, I, I would like it if it was, a, took itself a little bit more seriously, like, just because the colors felt like a little, I don't know, it felt like a little flat. Like, I, it just, when I say take itself more seriously, I mean in that it, I don't think the book markets itself like a big deal. It, does it seemed a little cheap. like a big deal. Um, like, it seems a little cheap. And I don't, like, I don't think you should do anything. Whether, like, I'm not saying that this book is going to go out and compete with Image or compete with Marvel. but it put out a put out a quality product you know the like it just seemed to me and like i said I, I what do i know but it just seemed a little a little like less than their a game as far as some of the the effort was concerned i i mean maybe it's because they're on a new arc because right before this there's some really really real shit that hits the fan and like I'm not one to get, like, emotional, but I guess it's because, like, I've spent so much on this, like, universe and in the comics and everything. Right. And Archie is creating something out of nothing, you know. The, I, I've talked about it so many times, but the Mega Man universe is incredibly simple. And Ian Flynn's creating this universe from scratch, more or less. He's using the characters that have been in the video games, but besides that... Totally new story, <laughs> like nothing you've ever read before. And he's giving these characters who previously didn't have any personalities very, very large personalities. And I'm not gonna lie, there's some really, really touching stuff in the last um, last story arc that just happened. And I was really like just motivated to g- get back into Mega Man because I fell off for a while. I was like ten issues behind, and I caught back up this weekend, and it was totally worth it. 
Yeah, like the the characterization. Totally worth it. <laughs> the characterization that he puts into Doctor Light when when Doctor Light is having the conversation between with it's Doctor Light, Mega Man, and Roll all in a room after Doctor Wily has surprise, surprise, fucking betrayed everybody again. I mean, his hair like his hair is a he's a bat. <laughs> like he just looks evil. What the fuck, man? Like, come on. But yeah. he that that conversation that they have of I trusted him, like Doctor Light beating himself up, saying I trusted him because I believe that there's goodness in everybody. Is that wrong? Was like, oh shit, Doctor Light's got some character other than I am a creepy old man who built a boy robot. There's nothing he's, weird about that. He's no, got feels. They, they, yeah, they give him a pretty good story because they give him like reasoning behind building rock, roll, and blues and everything. And I, Dan, I'm not gonna lie, just read the book. It's it's definitely worth it. The first, I'd say, story arc is a little kitschy because it, it's it's very you know, hey, we made a Mega Man book. We want you guys to buy it. So Mega Man fighting robots, go. Well, that that's why I stopped reading it because. Like, when, when I first heard, I mean, four years ago now, when this book started coming out, and it was like, new Mega Man comic book. I was like, fuck yeah, man, I'm in. I'm in. And I bought the first, like, two or three issues, and I went, uh, nah, this sucks. This isn't for me. Like, this is, I'll just go play the game. No, nah, I understand. I you know? totally and get you, then man. just haven't, haven't picked it up since then. But now this issue, I'm like, all right, then. This is, there's some pretty good, good stuff going on. Uh, the Doc robot that has all the different robot personalities uh mixed into it uh, basically just to sum up the story uh dr wiley's an asshole and is trying to take over the world again by stealing dr light's uh robots like every other mega man story except this time he has also gotten a hold seemingly perhaps there, there's a little bit of an innuendo that he might be doing his own thing but has gotten a hold of proto man as well and is like this this time it's really bad dr light built a really powerful robot because he never learns his goddamn lesson and dr wiley stole this one one of his helper robots in there is the doc robot he's got eight different personalities uh built in and they they did a really nice thing i mean it's very simple but when a different personality was was speaking the speech bubble was colored differently so it was either green around it or yellow or or whatever, just to give you the idea, the visual cue that this was a different personality, and the voice you're using in your head should change. Right. Okay. Which everybody else do that. Like when you read your books, you you have voices in your head. Oh, absolutely. Or, they very okay, specific okay. voices. So yeah, exactly. So I yeah. I mean the the books definitely. Okay, good. I'm not, I'm not the only one. Yeah. You're I, the crazy one, but <laughs> no, that has nothing no. to do with it. No, no, no one's crazy. We we all do that. If if you don't do that, you're the crazy one. Seriously, no. Keep listening to us. You're you're not crazy. Actually, it's okay to be a little crazy. That's true. Uh, so yeah. To be honest, I I really really love this book. I'm so happy you brought it up. I uh, just I I would say you know if you want, skip the first story arc. Start from you know probably I guess it's issue six and up. Once it hits the end of the second one, start of the third one, that's where it really starts picking up speed. There's some really cool cameos for some of the later on characters. The, there's the whole Worlds Collide stuff that happens. They're actually redoing that now into, I believe it's called Worlds Unite or something like that. So they're going to bring that story arc back, which I'm sort of excited about. 
And that's the the Mega Man X stuff crossing over. Right? No, no, no. That's um Sonic and Mega oh. Man. And I'm not gonna lie, they make Doctor Robotnik because I refuse to call him Eggman. Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> like the most psychotic motherfucker you have ever seen on the face of this earth. Because even Dr. Wiley at one point is like, listen, man, you got to chill. I, I didn't <laughs> sign up for this. Like, I, I'm i out. And that's literally what happens. He takes it too far. I didn't think an evil genius could take it too far. But between two evil geniuses, one took it too far. So, yeah, to be honest, nice. it's it's a great book. I, I would say, you know, if you didn't like the first stuff, Start from, like, the second one or the third uh, story arc, and I, I guarantee you'll enjoy it more than you did starting out. Because even I didn't love it when it first started out, but my yeah, like, my love for Mega th- Man outweighed that. Yeah, this this was good enough for me to go back and want to pick up, like, the trades from the second trade forward. Like, I'm still, I'm not going back to that first thing, because I, I just didn't like it. it. It felt kind of insulting of just, like, like you said, like, Mega Man robots fight, yeah! Like, and that was that was all there was. Nah, I totally get you. So, uh, awesome. But yeah, Mega Man Forty Five. It's the start of a new of a new arc. Uh, the Ultimate Betrayal Part One. It's and it's only going to be a four issue arc, which is nice. So, I I would definitely recommend picking it up. I dug it. Very cool. Cool. Uh, Dan, what's what's the other book you read? Uh, well, the other book that I wanted to read, because uh, the internet was abuzz this week, yes, just as the internet is wont to do with the how dare they change things and give Superman a new power and what the fuck and I'm angry and he's got a new costume and we hate the new costume even though change we hated the new costume already. Change is bad. Yeah, no change, grr. Um, so Superman 38 is written by Jeff Johns. Uh, Drawn by John Romita Jr. and Claus Jansen doing the inks, and four bu- or five bucks, five dollar issue, and it's the end of Jeff Johnson Romita Jr.'s first story arc on on the main Superman title. It's uh, I believe it was seven issues. Um, now here's the thing. <laughs> I feel I, a bit, I feel a big preface coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. Absolutely love John Romita Jr.'s artwork. He is one of my very, very favorites. He should not be drawing Superman. Why? It's not good. Okay. It's it's very much like Mark Bagley, another one of my very favorite artists, came over to DC and did the Trinity book and drew Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. There, there are certain guys, and maybe this is a bit unfair because I know they've done other work, but there are certain guys that are Spider-Man artists and not much else. What is Romita? Not that there's... Romita is a Spider-Man artist. Okay. His Spider-Man artwork, especially his run with Straczynski, was fantastic. Again, in my opinion, I know, I know Romita is a very divisive guy. People, and a big fan of the show. And huge fan of the show. And, like, I, he just, he won't stop calling and texting. John, I get it. We're, we're boys. It's cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, and I told him to his face when we were hanging out for coffee the other day. I was like, you know, I, I love you, Johnny, but, but the Superman Johnny. thing. <laughs> but the Superman artwork, it just, it just doesn't work for me, man. Like, Romita's art style is very, it's so angular and very distinctive. 
and it just doesn't work for me as far as Superman is concerned. To be that, yeah. To be honest, when I I kept up solidly on the Superman book, and as soon as Ramita came over, I stopped because mm-hmm. I feel that once you put too many high-profile characters on the page at the same time, they all start looking the same. Everybody right. has those really accentuated cheekbones and yep. Yep. flattened foreheads and flat noses. So, like, if there isn't a mask or something distinctive, it's very difficult to tell who's talking or... Yeah. It, and... Yeah, I, and... and- Spoilers, Batman's in this issue, and he looks fucking great. Right, no cheekbone. Yep, it's, Romita it's, on on a Batman book, that's that's where he belongs. So I, I didn't, I have, I just put, like, cause, because you were reviewing this, I actually picked it up and read it. And the scene, well, I'm sure you're going to go back, but the scene with mm-hmm. Superman and Batman conversing with each other, and then the last cell... The last block where Alfred pops in, yeah, that, that has that. I, I'm gonna say that is like my top sell ever in comic books when he's talking about cleaning Superman's costume. Oh, it was awesome, and it, it doesn't great. react to steam or heat. I thought that was so <laughs> cute. Oh, dude, it was it was fantastic, and like that's the thing. Like even with my my opinion on the art style of this book, because it's not that it's bad art. It John Romita Jr.'s storytelling is impeccable. The guy is a fantastic artist. He knows how to do comic books like really, really well. It it's a great book. I mean, the Jeff Johns is an excellent writer. Everybody knows that Jeff Johns is an excellent writer. His his arc here with Ulysses and giving Superman a foil and like it's a seven issue arc so i don't want to spend too much time going through the entire story but basically ulysses is from a different world he's trying to save his world superman says like yeah we can totally do that turns out we can't ulysses then becomes the bad guy because if you didn't see that coming from the first panel comic books may not be for you (laughs) right you you might need to go back to something a little simpler because they really didn't bury the lead all that much you know what's coming the interesting part is how we get there so it's been a really cool story arc i've really liked it i thought this final issue was really awesome and where we dip into the very the very big spoiler territory is that superman basically to defeat ulysses unleashes all of the solar energy that he has stored in his cells at once in a very um just say a, optic blast kind of way yeah yeah it really is like it's it's a very it's a very dragon ball z kind of uh couple of panels god i was hoping you'd fucking say that thank you <laughs> it really is like it's it's very much a like just not necessarily a uh a kamehameha because it wasn't a <laughs> one more time <laughs> kamehameha because I always said Kamehameha Wave when I was a kid, and then I was like, oh, apparently I'm saying that shit wrong. Dan, let, um, let, let's be real. What was its power level? Uh, certainly over 9,000. Okay, uh, good. W- I just certain- got lost. I, I don't certainly. know what, huh? It's, it's all right. It's, okay. This is for the DBZ nerds. Okay. But, cool. it was, but it was very, very Dragon Ball. And, like, Superman basically just explodes out of his pores. Just energy comes flying out of him. 
in what is drawn to mirror pretty much a, a like a nuclear fucking detonation. Like it is a massive expulsion of energy. And what I really liked about it was that it doesn't kill Ulysses. It does stop him. It does stop him so that we have him set up to return later on. Another writer can come in and use that character later, and I'm sure that they will. But it also depowers Superman. So the next issue is going to be like Clark Kent, average Joe on the town. Like I'm kind of, and I'm kind of really excited about that. <laughs> I want to see him with a cane and a monocle and a top hat. <laughs> oh God, I hope so. Maybe a top. Yeah, definitely top hat, uh, tuxedo. Hopefully. Ooh, ooh. See, like, okay, we. If you've read Superman for as long as I have, we've seen Superman come up with a couple of new powers. If I'm not sure. mistaken, one of them was electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a oh, fire the red one. Blue Superman. Yeah, that was. That was just bad, though. But this... That didn't make any sense. This one makes sense. It makes perfect sense because of how much backstory they've put into the fact that he is a solar battery. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it when like I heard about the new power and then I'm scanning through the book and I'm reading it and it makes sense because why is his solar energy only coming out of his eyes? Okay, that's, right. that's what it is. It makes sense that he can expel it through it, like out his ear if he wants it, nose, <laughs> that's however ass. he wants. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I like when I heard like I don't know, however many two week, two three weeks ago that they were going to give Superman a new power. I was like, oh boy, I got flashbacks of red and blue Superman. I was like, oh boy, mm-hmm. and when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, this makes sense. I'm okay with this, and the fact that he can't control it makes it even better. Because they yeah, do, that's they, awesome. They put a lot of emphasis on the fact that when he was younger, he had to train himself to use every one of his powers. That they came, it, it, it wasn't just like all of a sudden, oops, I'm Superman and I could fly and shoot and boo. As he grew up, <laughs> wait, he, wait, 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 wait. Superman boos. Boo. He has like a super boo. Choo. Yes, <laughs> we're going to the Bill Cosby territory. <laughs> zip, 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 and boo. I want to see where this goes. I want to see if. This is good. Like, is he ever going to use this again? Or because it seems all or nothing. Like, if it wasn't Ulysses, like if Lois happened to be standing by, she'd be dead. Right. You know what and, I'm saying? And that, that like, when when people react to things, like the internet is a wonderful place. <laughs> I I really do. I For love a big fan internet. of the show, internet. Big fan of the show, the internet. Um, you're great. But there is there's so much, uh, like stupidity that is on the internet because people saw the headline because nobody reads fucking articles anymore so the headline that people saw on you know clickbaity websites that said superman gets a new power you know where he can fucking nuclear detonate himself and people went oh god oh god superman's so overpowered already and now he's got this thing it's not what it fucking is it's not going to show up every issue it's not going to be like flight where right. he just does this all the time now. This is this is the final move. This is the 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 special move at the end of a big boss battle where he's got to unleash the final thing. This isn't this isn't just going to happen on a Tuesday when he's apprehending a purse snatcher. <laughs> you mean he's not going to just fucking make the town explode in a nuclear holocaust? Yeah, like, well, I certainly hope not, because that's going to make for a really weird Superman book. <laughs> <laughs> this guy stole a loaf of bread. Whole fucking city done. Gone. Like, that, 
you know, so people like the internet is nothing if not overreactionary. And that's what this was. It was overreactionary. Now, if it had been dumb, like the Superman red and blue thing, because that was just dumb. It didn't make any sense. There's no like, there was no basis for Superman having electricity based powers and splitting into two entities. Like that was, that just didn't derive from any sort of respect to the history of the character. But, you know, Jeff Johns is not an idiot. He has respect and reverence for what has come before. And yeah, Superman's a big solar battery. So if it's not just coming out of his eyes, if he pushes it, he can expel all the rest of the energy. And there you go. That's all you needed to do. And it made for a really cool scene. I, 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 as I was reading it, I was coming up with ideas in my head how we're going to see it again. And, you know, all of the, the big bad, bad baddies. Um, What's his name from uh, Apocalypse? Uh, Dark Side? Steve. Dark Side. Steve. Steve. Steve from, yeah. St- Steve from Apocalypse. Uh, when, when Dark Side shows up again, I feel that, like, this is just a wild guess, but he's going to use this uber power and then be completely powerless. Like, he's, he's going to use it as a backup. Like, I don't want to use this. I don't want to use this because this ends everything and it should be a better way to do it. And right. when he does finally use it, it doesn't work to the full capability of what he was looking for. And then something's going to happen. That's my guess. Well, and that, that sets up an actually an interesting story because the problem with Superman is that when we all read Superman books, he is overpowered. Like, I, w- I will agree with the internet on that point. Superman is overpowered. There's nothing interesting. Not that there's nothing interesting, but it's really hard to make a character like that interesting. It's the same problem that DC is going to run into in the movies as well. Like, where it, where aware in any world does it make sense that Superman would need Batman's help? He just doesn't. Right. Like it, but with this power, the way that they've set it up, rather, rather simply and, and quite beautifully, actually, is that if he does this, he's done. Like, Superman is off the playing field. So... If there were a storyline in the future, and I'm, I'm sure you're correct, I'm sure there, there will be, where Superman expels all this energy and it doesn't work, now what do you do? Now you've made it interesting again. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it levels him off to, I mean, even below a, a regular, because Superman's not the brightest. He's not, you know, he's not the, you know, the, the detective that Batman is. Right. And once he, it seems that once he uses this uber power, it's, that's it. He's human and a tired human at that. Cause he, yeah, like, a very, like very sleepy. Human. Yeah. He passed out. And that <laughs> the last time we saw him pass out was when he and Doomsday were fighting and not so much passed out, but was knocked out. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen to him. Knocked he out was for passed years. out for a few months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's, I, it. It's a good now, thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I, th- I thought it was good. I thought the whole story arc was good. You know, like I said about Romita's art, it, it's not that it's bad art. It's just not, in my opinion, the proper fit for a Superman book. I want Superman to look like, a, like just, you know, capes and pouches, man. Like, I want superhero art for Superman. It, but... That being said, what did you guys think of the new costume? 
Because it's not all that different from he's the got last a new, new belt. Is he got a new belt and and gloves that kind of come down emo to the gloves knuckles. as I call them. Yeah, they're emo gloves. <laughs> Why can't he have emo gloves? Why can't he have a new belt? It's just he totally. Ca- I just I don't think it was that. Again, people made a big deal out of like, oh, they're changing the costume again. When fucking everybody was pissed off that they took the red underwear away, and then there was a lot of posts going around on on blogs and different message boards and shit of like, they better not put the fucking red tights back on them. Right, right. It's like get. The internet just likes to complain. That That is what the internet is, a place to release your feelings anonymously. <sighs> Whatever. Fine internet. Is it cool. still... Do what it, you gotta do. From my recollection, his suit was... Like, it, it modifies itself, doesn't it? Isn't it? It's like some sort of battle armor. It, it, it is Kryptonian armor. So, he it could be purple if he wanted it to. <laughs> like, it's... I'm glad it's, it's not purple. It's clothing. It's not, like... I'm more concerned, all right, if we got a new costume and a stupidly new power, like fantastically new power, why does it matter that he's got a new costume? We, yeah. we have, a, in essence, a new Superman because this is a game changer for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, And really my only complaint with the costume is is the gloves and really just because they just look kind of silly. Like, I don't care all that much, because whatever, but, it, like, it, just from a from a standpoint where DC kind of had this mandate of things need to be functional, and that's why we don't have the underwear on the outside, because <laughs> who the fuck would do that? This, the thing, Putting like, the gloves over your, uh, like, it just doesn't look, it looks like you went to a tailor and they mm. measured your arm wrong. When, it's when, really just what it looks like. When I wear long sleeves, I'm a guy that, that scooches it up to my elbow. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I pull it up. And just looking at that, it makes me want to do that. Like, like <laughs> get like a nervous twitch going, I need to, I need to pull that sleeve up. Just, just a little <laughs> bit to his elbow. Just Come here, Clark. You look just, ridiculous. Just let me roll these up real quick. Just, 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 just one little cup. Just, 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 okay, all right, okay, you're good. <laughs> And actually, I think we should start the movement. Bring back the fucking red underwear. I miss it. Super-powered yeah. red armor underwear. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, like, it's, a, like a super cod piece. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was about to say. It's 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 a super, uh, what the hell they call those things in baseball? Cup. It's a cup for, you know. Super cup. You don't want to yeah. get punched in the nuts, so, I mean, why not? Have some extra protection there. Now he's you got the s- super. You certainly don't want to get super punched in the nuts. Exactly. Imagine I, Doomsday get punching him in the nuts, man. That That would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt bad. <laughs> so all of that being said and I think that that should be the the trade dress on the eventual trade paperback bring back the red underwear you don't want to see Doomsday <laughs> super punch him in the nuts Dean DeFalco you, you, um, uh, you remember the, the Death of Superman book where it was in that poly bag and it just had the red bloody S on it Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I want a poly bagged blue bag just <laughs> the underwear and it says bring it back <laughs> bring it back <laughs> yeah, I, pick up the book, man. It was good. I really dug it. I, it's Superman, and he's actually somewhat interesting again. Like Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns does good work, man. At the end of the day, it made Superman interesting again. I mean, like even the art itself. Like I said, I'm not a the biggest fan when he does multiple people, but the the explosion scene, for lack of a better term, is stunning. Like I I feel motion in that artwork so it was he was the right choice for certain parts of the art 
maybe not the entire book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I'm I'm always gonna want Romita on kind of darker and grittier things. Like, I want Romita on a Batman book. His Spider Man stuff, which is not necessarily dark and gritty, but his Spider Man stuff was great. His Daredevil stuff was awesome. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's overall a really, really enjoyable book. And they set it up to go somewhere interesting in the future, which I think is the most important part. Like I'm excited for what comes next with Superman and I haven't been in a long time. Nice. Nice. All right, cool. Dan, thank you. Um, Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Mr. DeFalco. Thank you. What did you read? Uh, So we already talked about Mega Man. We don't really need to talk about that anymore. Uh, the other book I did read because I, we can mention it at the end, but I'll save that one. Uh, the 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 book I read all the way through was Imperium. Uh, it's a Valiant book, and this is basically what we were talking about with Image, except the exact opposite. When Valiant came back, they made it their sole duty to make sure all their books were in a contained universe. And I, to be honest, it's it's really cool. Uh, this Imperium book takes place during the whole Harbinger series that they have going on right now. Uh, and it's more about the war going on than the takeover uh, that the main character... Oh my god, what's his name? Toru... Toyo Harada. Thank you, Toyo Harada. Um, is trying to do... This This is his... God bless you. This is his... Um. His his war with all his uh, disciples, and you know he the whole first half of the book is basically explaining how they're getting into this and what he did to to get them on his side, and it was a really really good book. I've never read a single page of Harbinger or any at the old stuff. The new stuff doesn't matter, and I read this Imperium book and I was like, I'm I'm down. I'm in this this book is cool. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was super interesting. I mean, just to preface it real quick, the book is about, uh, it's taking place from one of the super powered individuals called a Sayat. And what that is, is they have these latent powers that Toyo Horada is able to awaken in them, uh, and, uh, hone in. So it's sort of like the X-Men if there were no other mutants on the universe to relate to, and it was more of a gritty standpoint between humans and uh, the these psyots or, or mutants. I'm going to call them mutants for right now. It's just simpler to relate to. Um, there's no sentinels. There's no anything like that. It's just straight up humans and tanks with these uh, sort of, I guess, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like mutant dampening weapons. And versus the these mutants, and it's it's really sort of odd who you want to win this because on one side Toyo Harada is trying to form the world in I I wouldn't say his image, but he has this idea of you know a unified world where there's no wars, no anything, uh, everything's perfect. There's no famine, no poverty, nothing like that. But obviously in this and this ideal, he says, well, you got to break a couple eggs to make an omelet. And he is not shy about hurting people and doing what he needs to to get to his vision. And this whole first issue is showing what the future could look like and then what's going on while he's trying to make that future. And it's it's a very, 
drastic sort of comparison in between each other and it's it's showing that to to make the world perfect in his eyes he needs to destroy it first and it's it's a very very compelling book and i had a great time reading it <laughs> i want to i, I want to read more i was actually very very pumped when i got to the end of the book and i was like damn this is this is good and for not having read anything of harbinger or really even know anything about toyo harada it was it was just good i i don't know what else to say about it i was i was stunned i i Val- valiant back in the day they did a really good job like i used to read them you know the last run and they didn't have like a, a huge stable of titles so it seemed like they concentrated on the titles that they were putting out and made them like really really good i'm glad to see that they're sticking with that that process because it doesn't seem like they've created any more characters or any more books they're just relaunching their original run they've actually lost a couple correct they well, lost, yeah, um, yeah like magnus uh robot fighter and solar i think are over Ooh. at dynamite now interesting solar man of the atom man of the atom but no, they, this book, I read this too, because I'm, I'm really on board with everything Valiant is doing. And the Harbinger books that have been coming out for the last uh, couple of years, uh, still written by, by Joshua Dysart. Like he's been, he's been basically the architect uh, with all the Harbinger stuff. And then the Harbinger Wars that came out, and now this Imperium book um, has done just a really, really excellent job of of really taking a very simple story because you know i your your summarization there dean is is pretty accurate it's if you want a perfect world uh there's gonna have to be a lot of shit that happens before we get there like it's you don't actually like trust me you don't actually want this perfect world but if you want a perfect if you really want me to do it like we're gonna have to kill a whole fucking lot of shit to get there um which is really just a simple story. It's it's basically the Captain America story of, you know, I I am fighting for freedom of choice, not for perfection, because you're never going to get it. And the 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 play back and forth between the the scenes that have Toyo Harada in it and the scenes that have uh, Darpan Sama, the the guy who right, the kid in it, the uh, the present day. Yeah, who like basically how it runs through like kind of his life, and he he had a really beautiful moment I thought in this book that really, uh, really just kind of set the tone for the the opposite ideologies of that of this character Darpin when he was when he was born and awoke and awoken Syot, his powers would show people the worst moment of their lives, and he worked very hard to reverse that to where his power shows people the best moment of their lives. And there's this really quite lovely and, and poignant scene of him standing next to the bed of a woman who he has never met before, an old woman who is dying in her bed. And he re- reaches down and, and holds her hand and through doing so lets her, in her dying moments, relive the happiest moment of her life, which was the birth of her son, and is able to bring her son in and show her son the vision that his mother is having as she is dying is that her happiest thing is him. I was just, I mean, that's just, that's beautiful. It's lovely. And really puts it at, at the opposite end of the spectrum of Toyo Harada, who is going to make the world burn to get it to where he thinks it needs to go. And it's just, it sets it up for just a really 
kick-ass story. I mean, it, it is an X-Men story. It's Darpin is Professor X and Toyo Harada is what Magneto originally was and, you know, not, not what he is now. But it's a very simple story that's been told time and time again, but was just done with, and I'm going to steal your word from earlier, Dean, it was done with such an amount of gravitas to the, to the situations going on that uh, it, there's no way that you could not like this book if you read it. I I was really impressed. The entire story was good. And I like that, to be honest, I had to flip back when they flipped it from what could be to what is uh, because it was so just flip of the switch. Like one page, Darpin Sama is old and he's going out to Mars to, you know, colonize the first... Uh, human colony out there, and then all of a sudden he's a kid again, and they're about to drop into a fucking war zone. And I'm just, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> uh, and I mean stuff like that, you know. Just to be honest, for lack of a better term, it really bitch slapped you back down to earth. Like, you know, it was this happy sort of, uh, close to perfect Eden that they made the world into and then now Harada's like listen that's what it could be but right now we got to kill all these people on the ground to make that happen so if you're with me cool if you're not stay the fuck in the plane and you know let, let's do this and I I was just like oh, uh, all right okay <laughs> I sure let's let's read on and I it was such a cool crazy book especially the last few frames where they have the um, uh, that that robot um, I I can't remember his name. Uh, Major Mech. Yeah, Major Mech. But he's like, call me, call me silent in snow or oh, so, something. Reflections on snow. Re- or something yeah, reflections like on snow. And I was like, this this dude is crazy. And the 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 cool part of it was that this robot seems to almost have more of a moral compass than these mutants do because. He picks up this girl in his uh, in his arms, and he says, "You killed this girl. She she wasn't the enemy. She she was one of one of us. You know, she was just a human." And this kid just kind of comes off like as a complete prick, like you know, whatever, man. Uh, she she was in the way, and this robot fucking hauls off and punches him right in the face. And I was like, "That's <laughs> awesome, dude. That that is really cool." And I I want to see what happens with that dynamic because I to be honest that. That uh, Major Mech played such a big part in this first, um, I guess, little battle that they had because they were pinned down by like a tank with this mutant dampening cannon on it, and they they were pretty much down and out unless Major Mech pretty much jumped out of the plane and did like a juggernaut smash into the tank and totally just took it out. It was really cool to uh, look at. Well, and I Doug Braithwaite's artwork in this issue was was gorgeous. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. he he did such a good job of capturing the little moments like Darpin Sama with the old woman, uh, you know, showing her death and these big battle scenes. Uh, the the shot of Toyo Harada jumping out of the plane and just diving down onto the field of battle was such a badass action sequence. Uh, I mean, he just he just nailed it. I mean, no matter what was going on, it was it looked absolutely gorgeous this was a great book yeah for someone just getting into valiant stuff i would say read harbinger and read harbinger wars and read this this is a really awesome set of books that you can get into get into a series and possibly you know 
get into a new publisher as well because Valiant's one of those books we don't talk about that much. Uh, I, I think the only two books we've ever talked about uh, besides this one is uh, the Ivar Time Walker and, and this. So, yeah, to be honest, all their books are really cool, and I personally, every time I read one, I get really into them. I don't know why I don't stick with them because they are good. Maybe it's just because I read so many books some fall by the wayside, but make no mistake, that doesn't mean they're bad. I, I do love Valiant. I love the new stuff they're doing. And if you get a chance and you want to try something new, check out these books. They're really cool. And there was a preview for Ninjack in the back. Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Ninjack. <laughs> awesome. So excited for that. Valiant does some cool stuff, man. And to be honest, they from a couple years ago, they made a big splash in a huge way, and I hope they keep it up. I I really want them to be successful. Yeah, and and if you're a guy or a gal like Evan who Whoa. wants, <laughs> hold on, hold on, okay, <laughs> not suggesting you're feminine, sir. I, I, that's you, what I heard. You are a manly man, mm. and we're all in, impressed by your your. <laughs> follicle density um <laughs> but if you if you like the connected universe kind of thing like if that's what you're going for valiant right now is doing the best job of any comic book publisher of really re- rewarding their readers for picking up all of the books because everything is is tied together everything works together yeah, I, I agree. Everything is tied together. It's it's fantastic. If to be honest, one book to take away from this, take this book. Take if you had to pick one thing out of this podcast, pick this book to read. It's definitely worth it. And to be honest, it does enough explaining beforehand where you don't need any previous information about what's going on. So, yeah, I yeah, it, I, I like Dysart, it. Joshua Dysart did a really he did an impossible thing in this book and that was give someone like me who has read all the harbinger stuff uh enough of a backstory to keep me to not make me bored um you know but still keep me like engaged in what's coming going forward but also that backstory was enough to get a new reader hooked into wanting to go forward right right it's it's an impossible line to walk and he absolutely killed it he nailed it certainly I'm I'm kind of sad this is the last book, but I I you know it's not the last book. The other one I want to talk about just briefly. I want to gloss over it because I didn't read all of it because I actually got kind of bored. Was uh, Nameless? Uh, Dan, you you said you read through all of it, right? Yeah, it's the the new uh, Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham book uh, from Image, and it is uh, it is typical Grant Morrison, uh, just weird shit right whatever he was doing in multiversity that was working so well he was like i gotta i gotta get the weirdness out of me now i gotta i gotta and it just it, he was exploding with yeah, weirdness and it, it flowed out into this book i'm not saying it was bad it it wasn't for me i i didn't finish it um well like and and that's a shame that you didn't finish it because what what i find what i found really strange about this book is that the the beginning uh, uh like the first I don't know, it's like 26 pages of the book. So like the first 22 pages are this weird dream sequence with the main character, with Nameless, the main character, like going to get this this dream key from some, the veiled lady, and there's like these weird fish alien monster things that are chasing him. And it's all jumping from like dream to dream, and sometimes you're not sure if you're within dream or reality. Like this is Grant Morrison, 
purposefully fucking with you of trying to make you confused when you read through it. But then at the end of the book, you know, spoilers, if you're trying to go back and read it, um, there is an asteroid named uh, Zabulba coming back that is, or not coming back, but that is on a collision course with earth. And they have, um, I forget cause I was trying to read it this morning before we did this. Um, I forget if it was 33 days or 33 hours. I think it was 33 days before this asteroid, uh, causes an extinction level event on the, on planet earth. So they need to go, uh, stop this asteroid and nameless is going to be part of the team that is going out into space to, to stop, uh, Zabulba. Zabulba, that name itself is somewhat of a, a giveaway because Zabulba is the Mayan underworld um, in ancient Mayan religions. And like there's the, the symbols that appear earlier in the dream sequences, that same uh, symbol, like the infinity symbol with a line through it, is somehow carved onto this asteroid that is hurtling towards the earth uh, and like the weirdest thing about it was that it it seemed and i'm sure morrison will tie it all together because he's a very smart guy and absolutely knows what he's doing but it really seems like you only needed to read like the last four pages of this book to understand what where where we're going forward and none of the previous stuff like it just didn't it doesn't make sense yet in the overall story. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'll get back to it. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it just... It... Well, and but that's the thing. I don't know that I'm going to get back to it either because while I see where we're going, I just don't know that there was enough for me to care to go forward. Right, and you, you know, the thing was, I, I read two and a half books. I was going to read three. Nameless would have been three. Only made it halfway. But Imperium and Mega Man, I read first, and then I read this, and I was like... I. Any of the excitement and action that was in Imperium and Mega Man, I just nameless didn't do it for me, and I was like, ah, this is kind of a downer. I'm, I'm gonna stop. It's definitely a weird book. It looks, I mean, it looks great. Chris Burnham's artwork was was really good. The coloring in that book was really good. Jumping from sequence to sequence and dream to dream, like that. That's really a book that you have to pay attention to. That is not a, like, I'm going to read this through quick. And it's a book that I'm going to go back to and read again because there's, there is a real depth of storytelling going on that is not just pretty picture on one panel and some nice words. Like, there is a lot of thought and care. Um, not that there isn't in every book, but there is a, a, a somewhat deeper level of thought and care that is going into every staged the sequence in every panel and the specific color choices and, and all of that shit. So I mean, it's, it's a pretty deep book. All right, cool. So, you know, if, if you're a fan of Morrison, check it out. It's very Morrison-y. It is. Yeah. If you're not a fan of Morrison, this isn't going to bring you around. No, no. Go, go, go read Multiversity. We've talked about that. <laughs> yeah. You've just used the word Morrison-y. <laughs> we, we did it. We did it last week too. It's just, it is. Yeah. Morrison is a, is Morrison writes very Morrison-y type books. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Go back. Go back. Still, uh, biggest recommendation for Grant Morrison. Still go back and read Thunderworld. That book's still fucking dope. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, so with that, we're going to end the podcast. We are on the last page of this issue. So Evan, why don't you go ahead and do what you got to do? 
Garden State Comic Fest, July 25th and 26th, Marstown, New Jersey, Men in Arena. Like us on all the social medias under Garden State Comic Fest. It's 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 gonna happen and it's it's big. Like I'm 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 so pleasantly pleased with how well this is going and, and the attention we are getting all over the place. We're hopefully in a couple of weeks we're gonna have some pretty big announcements and just I just wanna see everybody there. Well, I mean, Dan and I are going to be there. Oh, no, you're on a list. You're not allowed. We will have photos at the front door. I'm sorry. You just don't want me to insult any more, like, artists or authors. Yeah, I, I have a couple of artist <laughs> friends that I don't want you to punch, you know, emotionally in the face. <laughs> one time. One time. No, no more verbal beatings from Dean. <laughs> Warren Ellis, I'm coming for you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Big fan of the show, Warren Ellis. Dude, not for nothing, uh, you should not fuck with Warren Ellis. <laughs> oh, thanks okay. for the heads up, Dan. <laughs> I, I didn't know you guys uh, had a previous spat, but okay. <laughs> yeah, Spike, yeah, don't fuck with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's English, and he drinks a lot. And Which is always and a recipe shows, for disaster. Is that what you're yeah, trying to movies, say? Yeah, movies and TV shows like Pop Culture has told me that an Englishman who drinks in a pub a lot uh, will probably kick your ass. Uh, okay. Rule of thumb for the, for the episode. No. I'm, I'm already calling the episode follicle density, so. Uh, I, th- I thought we were going to go with gravitas, but. Anyhow. I'll, I'll work them both in somehow. <laughs> follicle gravitas there you go all right cool cool uh dan do you got anything to mention uh well uh yeah read our articles on geek Age. yeah i mean I, we I have th- got a ton of shit coming out uh i'm uh, really i'm writing the why i love wrestling weekly series to try and get Evan into wrestling. That's really my whole goal with this. Is, oh, is so then I should I be get... reading them? Is that what you're trying you to say? You should be reading them, yes. Well, he okay. liked the article, so that's a start. There you go. But yes, we've got a ton of stuff coming up on, on geekaid.com. Weekly articles, why I love wrestling. We've got articles about beer going up. We've got more comic book reviews. We've got Chris playing his Pokemon stuff. We've just got a ton of stuff that is going up. Every day, every week, new podcasts that are coming. It's, it's, it's the only place you need to go. I think Dan has a point. I'd have to agree there. It's yeah, the only yeah, place you need to go. I agree. Besides I, the bathroom, I, third... you should definitely go to the bathroom because you don't need to pee yourself. Oh no! Even that, we can take area. Oops. Uh, all right. Promise from Dan, <laughs> he will clean your shit and piss up. <laughs> all right. Wait. Dean, did do, I, do your I'm spiel. Not, I'm not promising that. Uh, okay, all right. I want to cool. hear it. You, you want to hear it? Cause I want to hear it. Ready, set, go. So remember, guys, if you liked what you were hearing in the show about any of the comics, remember to check the show notes and to check there for all our social links as well. It'll all be in the show notes. Uh, yeah, that seemed like cheating. It seemed shorter Fucking than normal. Fucking one but... and done! <laughs> yes! Ah! It never I'm... happens! I feel, like, I feel like he's flexing right now. We don't have cameras, but he's doing this macho man type. Oh, Urgh. God. Thank God. I'm really excited to get to the point where we're like, all right, Dean, take us home. And he just goes, show notes! And then that's it. Out! Out! Drop the mic, knock it over. Fuck yeah, man. That's right. I would like that. <laughs> Walk out of his room, get into his car, drive away. (laughs) 
just all while the podcast is running, I get again. back. 32 hours have been recorded. The computer shuts down because it's out of hard drive space. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, guys, and thanks for listening today. And remember, a comic in hand is worth two in the bush. Nice. Bye. Bye. Bye.